Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Chief Toby Schwartz said in a news release, the nose was not found as the victim was taken to a hospital. My God. Wells was charged with felony mayhem and booked into the Hancock County Jail where he paid the required 10% of a $50,000 bond himself and walked out within the hour. Did you hear about this, Mike? I didn't no, know about this. I'm just hearing it for the first he time. bit no. the guy's nose off. Wow. What are we talking about? My wow, God. Wow, that's worse than Tyson Holyfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser show. How could they not find the guy's nose? That's, that's the whole thing. How could they not find the guy's nose? That's we're tough. Joined today, Chris is here, so we're happy. We are four across on the table, and we're happy about that. I want to start with Jared the Gummy Bear Guy, not Jason the Gummy Bear Guy, Jared the Gummy Jared. Bear Guy, oh, who has man. sent us sour gummy bears. I've had the. They're deli- Are you giving me these? I'm giving you oh, one. Send one to Michael. Day. Give one to Michael, too. There you go, Michael. It conveniently stuck. And I'm going to keep one for myself. Actually, you just you took Nigel's. These are convenient. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's fine. I'm not, I wasn't worried. Hmm? These are like a single use. <laughs> yeah. So we're really excited about opening yes. those up later and trying those. And There's also some worms in there, I believe. Gummy worms. You. I'm not a big gummy worms guy. And by that, I mean I hate gummy worms. But I'll try it. They're gluten-free. Well, I've been having a trouble with my gluten lately. How can they gummy how, worms? How can gluten. they be fat-free? I don't know. I just. I don't know. I mean, know. I'm thrilled that they are. I'm going to eat the whole bag. Well, maybe regardless. It's, yes. Maybe it's just a new definition of what fat is. Right, Let's check just, the sugar. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's a definition of what fat is. Um, so I got right. a lot of things to talk about. First of all, shout out to Pineapple Landscaping, who came over to the house yesterday and did a great job even in the rain in Washington, D.C., of blowing the leaves and bagging the leaves and taking the leaves away. And, and I look, um, they don't pay me to do this. I actually pay them occasionally when they send me a bill. I pay them, pay Alex and Finn. But if you're looking for a landscape service in the greater Washington area, they did a great job. They did your leaves, too. Yeah, we got one better from you. I get a text from Liz saying, pineapples here, and they brought the leaf vacuum. Yeah, D.C. is not made Those it by our awesome. house yet, but they come by. They have the huge truck, and it looks like... Like, uh, do you remember the movie Tremors? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like those creatures are coming out of the ground as they suck yes. up all the leaves. <laughs> they va- it's so satisfying. Yeah. I watch it sometimes. There's so no, there's no parking with all these leaf piles. <laughs> They're very nice. They're very nice. They also so did your stone, like uh, stone pavers. Yeah, they did that. They did the walkway. They did that. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today at first was my insurance company, um, <laughs> my medical insurance company. Now, this is a... A pretty general statement I'm going to make that medical insurance companies are, if they are not the worst people on earth, they're very close to the worst people on earth. You have a job, and as a result of your job, you get medical insurance. You have no choice as to what insurance company you have. It comes with the job. Maybe there are some good ones out there. Maybe. But the one I've got, Cigna, is not one of them. And I will explain exactly why. I have, for the last month been in the throes of terrible pain, as I've said to people, on the outside and inside of my right leg that is being referred by a condition in my back. I had this three years ago and took an MRI. And this pain, I I am not going to minimize this, nor am I sensationalizing it. Because it is on my right leg, I cannot drive. I cannot put my right leg in the position of driving, holding that position. 
It is agonizing. I literally scream in the car. Carol has to take me everywhere. This has been going on for a month. Sitting is so painful. Luckily for me, walking around relieves it. It alleviates the pain. It brings the pain down to where it's just pain. We all go through that. It's just pain. But it's not throbbing, knifing pain like when I sit down on any chair, particularly a soft chair, or when I attempt to drive. It is shriekingly terrible pain. And the doctor said, we got to get you an MRI. And we got to find out what this is. That's the only way to find out what this is. We're going to get you x-rays and we're going to get you an MRI. Cigna. After reviewing the information we have, we've determined that this service is not covered. This letter explains why. It describes your right to ask for another review. It also describes the steps you or your healthcare professional can take to make that request. They turned it down. They turned down an MRI. Every doctor who saw me said, this first thing you have to do. Now, here's how many MRIs I've gotten in my life, too. I got one three or four years ago on the same problem, and then it changed because this MRI revealed... Not a herniated disc, but a stenosis situation in my spine, which we would not have known without the MRI, which may explain the problem I have and may lead to the correct surgery, as opposed to somebody just going in and wandering around in your body. Just eyeball it. Yeah, just to find out. Yeah, look here. And this was denied. What, what do you want me to do? I'm not, I'm not abusive of this. Now, am I comfortable enough to pay for it myself? Sure I am. But is everybody else... No, they're not. No, they're not. If you get doctors saying this is what you need, so this is, this is you're looking at me quizzically. No, th- this saddens me because you are in a position where you can pay whatever it costs to pay this outrageous fee. And from the insur- insurer's perspective, they're trying to protect against maybe doctors or other malpractice situations. But there's a reason why healthcare has been a big issue. Yeah. Why everybody would vote. If you had the opportunity to vote on a single issue, healthcare would be a top three issue. People would say, what are we doing here? Right now, I I said this. I I said that the people at Capital One were omnivores, and they can't die soon enough either. (laughs) But it's not just Capital One. Credit card companies that charge you eighteen point two five percent computed daily. Yes. Yes, predatory. Yes. How can that be legal? Well, it's legal because you agree to do to it. You agree with to get this credit card. A wise man once told me the answer to all your questions is money. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. it, it, remains, it remains an undefeated answer. How? I, I mean, well, what this, is the point of being in the insurance business if when someone needs, needs help, help is you just pain? turn them down? Well, this reminds me of, you know the movie, um, I think it was a John Grisham movie, uh, The Rainmaker with Matt Damon? Yeah. It's an insurance company. And it comes out within that. And this is a very shady insurance company. Roy Scheider, I think, is the head of it. Love Roy Scheider. He's an actor. Fantastic. And and they say, yeah, it was our policy to deny every claim, just outright first claim. And the idea is, it you you just say, you get a certain amount of people will be like, it's not worth they it to up. contest this. So yep. you just, it's like yep. charging a little bit extra in your bill. Like a lot of people aren't going to come, you know, look through the bill like you would and see extra money. There is a compact that is made between people and larger employers, which is you provide me with health insurance. Thank you very much. I will not abuse the health insurance, but when I need it, yeah, when I need it, I expect you to be there. I'm telling you, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't drive. My, my yeah. guess would be that if you contested it, 
you might get it. Why do we have for, to play this game? But what they're banking on is that I won't. To Nigel's point, is that you won't. I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah, I think attrition. I think you could probably call and say. I went to multiple doctors. Well, we're going to do I, this. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, but, 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 but coverage decision. Right. The service you request is not covered. Please understand, if you have or had this service, your plan will not pay for it. You know, and then they said they talked to my doctor about this. We found the service is not a covered benefit. What do you want me to do? You want me to die in the street? Do you want me to lay out there in the street and die? Is that going to make you happy? I mean, again, it, it discovered something that's very important. And again, if you look, sometimes when I don't pay a credit card bill because I haven't gotten the bill, which has happened to me a lot, and I call the company, I say, could you review my credit history? Do I pay all the time? Do yeah. I pay within two weeks? And they say, yes. I said, well, then why do you think I didn't pay this? Yeah. And then they're nice. Yeah, so I thought the issue would be that it was one of those phantom bills that's coming six, nine months down the line. You go, I'm trying to be on time with this, but it's, it's something is falling through the cracks. Now, the other side of this would be the reason it's so hard to get certain doctor's appointments is because the medical field is dealing with all these insurance claims themselves. Why would you want to And be there's a so much paperwork yeah. that you can't even get that. Why you know, would can't you want to get in to see the specialist? When, have, when your, your life is, is controlled utterly by insurance I have companies. a bunch of friends who are doctors, and they almost, have, almost to a person and say this is n not what I signed up for. Now it's kind of hard once you're a doctor; you're not going to become an accountant. So now you, but yeah, but it's you still, it's a very hard. This is so, to me like HR and companies. They're the worst. <laughs> yes, they're they the worst. Really are. They yeah. are holding everyone to a false standard, and they always say, "Is there anything else I can do for you?" And you know the answer to that. <laughs> you haven't done anything soon. for me. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, and they're they're terrible. You have to have a certain type of personality to go into this work. You have to be gleeful when you can ruin someone's life. Mm -hmm. That's that's what they do. Come on, man. So what you, do you throw a challenge flag? How does this I process guess, work? I guess I'm going to mm -hmm. go to the doctor tomorrow and I'm going to say, what do we do about this? It's just this is just. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's, it's so is this a booth review? It's yeah, that'd be right. <laughs> like last two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> New York reviews this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really bad. Um, one other thing. Because uh, we, we're going to talk to Feinstein about Aaron Judge, because that's the big deal, Aaron Judge. Um, I'll tell Feinstein the story about what happened at PTI yesterday. But we got stuck yesterday talking about the Lakers. You know, it's, it was like, which team are you more bullish on, the Lakers or Cleveland? Because they're playing that's known last as night. the Lake Show. Yeah, is that yeah. what it's called? So, which team are you more <laughs> bullish on? So I did the usual thing that I do, which is say, oh, boy, Bristol's so happy. We're talking about the Lakers. Not dead yet, are they? <laughs> and then I said, um, even with winning 8 out of 10, the Lakers are still 13th out of 15 in a league where everybody makes the playoffs. They're out. They're still 13th out of 15th in the Western Conference. And does anyway, raise your hand, in my exact words, raise your hand if you think Anthony Davis is going through the rest of the season without getting hurt. And my next line was, you'll notice my hand isn't up. <laughs> what happened last night, boys? Flu-like symptoms left <laughs> in the first quarter. Oh. Eight minutes played. You know, Whoops. Anthony Davis. Said he couldn't breathe. Anthony Davis. Well, at least you have something Who to talk about. Who is he? He's Steven Strasburg. We, we yes. talked about that. He, he, yes. He's Enormously talented and a unicorn in terms of his he, talent. He, he'll like, happily play if it's working out. Right. And he's great. He's great when he plays. It's Nats just have he, a he, is great. he just doesn't play. Nats that have way. a chance to draft the next Strasburg. Yeah, surprisingly, the Nats didn't sign Trey Turner. I just Eleven waiting. years. That's the, my two favorite sports are going to be unwatchable for me. Yep. 
It for makes a you so sad. I'm just watch him this. play every other week. It's It'll just be great. So sad. Every single person who ever played for the Nats was any good is now on the <laughs> division rivals. <laughs> it is and is a zillionaire. Yeah. 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 Yeah, who thought Trey Turner three hundred million dollars? Three hundred million dollars, and apparently got offered more from the Padres. Padres. Offered him more than Lindor. Anyway, wow. He could pay for your MRI. Yeah, he could. (laughs) But you know what? I can pay for my MRI. That's not the point. Yes, no, it's not the point. It's outrageous. It's an MRI. It's not like a million dollars. Well, gosh, this is out the out of touch Olympics by the four of us. (laughs) Hold on. <laughs> I guess a couple grand. So that's what I, I was going to say—a thousand, but probably more. No, more than that yeah. is what I'm thinking. Just for the time in the yeah, booth. that's what I'm thinking. Uh, in the United States, it says it t- typically ranges uh, goes from the range of three hundred and seventy-five dollars to uh, two thousand eight hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, wonder if you get a discount if you can. Get you get the three hundred and seventy-five dollar one rather than the twenty-eight hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. yeah, that's done with an iPhone. Well, one you're naked. <laughs> you know. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Chuck Todd. Joins us when we return. Um, I would ask him, of course, or I would ask Chris about Warnick being the Herschel Walker, but who cares? I'm Tony Kornheiser. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This comes to us from a longtime listener and a first-time caller, Max Blackman. He says, I work with Steve Hudson, a piano player based in New York City. Steve is part of a group called Trace the Sun, an indie rock band with jazzy roots and a smooth sound that fits well with the show. Please find attached two songs for your listening pleasure. Well, he can play piano. Max signs us, by the way. Thank you, for, thank you all for continuing to keep the show running. I didn't know we were on the verge. <laughs> Thank you all for continuing to keep the show Thanks for keeping the lights on. And I hope to host you at Kinlock Country Club soon. (laughs) From Max. This is called Chestnut Street. Not Baker Street. Chestnut Street. And it plays in Chuck Todd. Chuck, uh, he lost the last game, so he went 3-4. He's 42-47-1. There's time to get to Mount 500, but there may be no catching the monkey. The monkey's 25-13-1. The monkey's just killing it. But we got games for you. I, I said... In the tease that I would, uh, I was thinking of asking you about Warnick beating Walker, but I said nobody really cares. So I'm, you know, I'll, I'll stop. I won't even ask. Right? I mean, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Well, it didn't change anything. No, it just, you know, right? It doesn't really change anything. No. Yeah, we, all, all I'll say is, we've spent, we spent, um, we spent some six billion dollars, I think, to shift one Senate seat and about ten House seats. Yeah, not much. Six billion dollars. Yeah, really not much. I mean, that, that money could have been put into uh, affordable MRIs for people, and everybody in America would be happy. <laughs> or they could have just lost money in crypto. Yeah, they could have done that. They could have. Yeah. You know right. what? You're, you're buying what? You're buying tulips? What? Blueberries? No, it's not money. It's not money. Okay. It's air. As as, as I'll, I'll say this, that I know you're not the biggest fan of this before, but I asked her. I said, so so what is crypto? I said, is it currency? Is it a share stock? Is it is it a commodity? And she goes, or is it air? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's like. Yeah, it's air. Yeah, yeah air. That's right what it is. It. All right. Uh, New York Jets plus nine and a half at Buffalo. Buffalo's going on the road three games in a row and won all three games. Not dominated, but won all three games on the road. They're home. I think that's sort of meaningful. The Jets have a third-string quarterback, Mike White. He's had two very good games. But you're third-string for a reason, kids. Um, The Jets are gutty and gritty and all of that stuff, and it's a division game, and they tend to be close. Uh, Nine and a half's a lot. I think, me personally, I think I sort of like Buffalo in this. Who do you like? Well, I, I do too, but, you know, this is all the lines this week seem exaggerated in the direction that, that you feel like you should be going. Right. Because you're like, oh, this is Buffalo's going to win this. And you're like, but nine and a half? Yeah, it's a lot. On a 30-mile-an-hour wins, you know, you tell me they win this game, you know, 17 to 9 or, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, and, and, and it would be like just one of those cold weather, you know, games. But 17 to 9, the Jets cover. I want to be on Buffalo, but I think it's too many points. So uh, okay. the divisional game, excuse me, the Jets with those nine, nine and a half. Cleveland is getting six at Cincinnati. Cleveland now has the Sean Watson for the second game. He was not very good in the first game, but they played a terrible, terrible team. They're on the road again for the second time. Cincinnati is one of the two or three hottest teams in the league. They got a great quarterback. Jamar Chase is back. This is a divisional game. Six doesn't seem enough to me, but how about to you? But this is another one. Yep. I, I feel the same way where you're like, yeah, I want to be with Cincinnati, but that's a lot of points. And I feel like this is a case where everybody's jumping on Cincinnati and in Cleveland may have looked extra, extra bad. He's going to be better yes. in his second game. Yes. You know, yes. It is, it is just inevitable. This is another one where on Sunday, you know, if you told me we're, you know, I, I wanted to be with Cincinnati, but I'm I'm going to take the points. Okay, so you're going to take Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the point spread that makes no sense at all, this game. None, zero. Minnesota is a 10-2 and two team. Now, I like, okay, they don't look <laughs> like a 10-2 team. We do this with every Minnesota game. Every week lately, you've been like, this one doesn't make sense. This is a 10-2 and two team. 10-2. and two. Yeah. They're getting them? two and a half at Detroit. Detroit's better now, but Detroit started the year like 0 and a 4,000. Yes, it's a divisional game indoors, so uh, it's, it's the, not subject to weather. How can you give Minnesota two and a half? It's, it's this whole sense of they should have lost to the Jets. Yeah. The Jets won that game and somehow lost that game. You could argue they should have lost to the Patriots the week before. You know, they keep winning games, and if you look, their expected win based on their what they've done versus how many wins they have. I think they're they should be eight and four. You know, not not what they're sitting at at ten and two. Uh, and I, it's just it's hard to take Detroit and give the points, but this is another one where you want to be with Detroit because you thought, oh, Minnesota will be favored by two points. Of and course. now all of a sudden, Detroit's favored. Um, Detroit hasn't been favored in five years. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but this is one I don't. I'm not going against these wise guys. They're You're going to take Detroit. Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit. I'm not going against the wise guys. I wouldn't do that. Okay, Philadelphia. Wow. 
I got the high-pitched voice. <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> is at the New York Giants. The Giants have to win this game. They have to win this game. They don't win this game. They're going to come to Washington next week, and they're going to lose. And they're going to be out of the playoffs. They have to win this game. Philadelphia is minus seven on the road at the Giants. Who you got? Uh, man, I, I, I think the Giants are done. Mm-hmm. They just don't seem like they can, they can keep up. Um, I like the, I'm, I've been trying to bet against the Giants every week. Um, and I still don't understand. What, how, you cannot have the nickname Riverboat Ron and run on third and eight in overtime he, yeah, to play come for on. the tie. He played That's for the tie. Ron. He played for the tie. Exactly. You play for the tie. You know? It's River Barge, Ron, just moving uh, slowly and not going yeah. anywhere. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thanks. Um, yeah, you you got to become a writer. It's all set up. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got these line, one-liners. It might work. <laughs> uh, give me the Eagles. Okay. And lay the points. I think you're right on that one. Baltimore, plus two and a half at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's not a good team, but Baltimore's not going to have Lamar Jackson. Uh, Tyler Hundley's going to be in there, and he won the game last week against maybe the worst, one of the worst two teams in the league, Denver, and he won it by an eyelash. Um, I don't, me personally, as a division game at Pittsburgh, uh, I would take Pittsburgh. How about you? This is another one, though, that I thought the line would be a little narrower, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted the same thing. I wanted to take Pittsburgh. I, again, everything feels about a point or two exaggerated in like the narrative direction, whatever you want to come up, you know, in in perception direction or whatever. And this is another one. I, I, I'm really tempted to take the Ravens because I think we're selling Huntley short. And you know this game's going to be a three-point game. Yeah, they nobody scores. Baltimore and Pittsburgh, uh-huh. right? And right. Like, neither team will get more than 18 points. Um, yeah, give me the home team. You take Pittsburgh. Yeah, give me a home too. It's yeah. the one that'll come back to haunt you, and I'll laugh. Yeah, right, right. The one talk... you talked me into. Yeah. This is the one I'm letting you talk me into. Okay. Tampa Bay out. coming off a stunning win. <laughs> Tampa Bay, where they scored three Jeez. points until the last three minutes of the game. And then they let Brady be Brady. And he got lucky enough to be Brady. But they're going to San Francisco. Now, San Francisco does not have a quarterback. They got Brock Purdy. I understand that. Uh, Tampa Bay is getting three and a half on the road against a third string quarterback who was, he's a rookie. He was the last draft pick, Mr. Irrelevant. Who you got? I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to take Brock Purdy versus Tom Brady. I would too. And lay the, and lay the points. This Tampa is, Bay's a bad team. They're, they're bad team. not a good team, right? Yeah. And, and they're, this is a case where San Francisco's defense can win this by themselves. I uh, totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Last one is Miami, a road favorite at the L.A. Chargers, who don't really have a home squad. You know, they don't have any home field that matters. They're a very disappointing team. You always think they should be better than this. You look at Justin Herbert and you go, wow, shouldn't they be winning more games than this? Miami just lost. It's the first time Tua started and finished and lost a game all year. Miami, if you like them, you give three in Los Angeles. I love the Dolphins in this spot. I think this this is... For all the reasons you said about the Chargers, yeah, they don't know how to win games. They don't. I mean, when it's fourth and twelve, give me Justin Herbert. He always completes that fourth. You know, the yeah. red zone will come in. <laughs> all right, it's fourth and twelve. They're on their own thirty, and they're going for it. You're like, oh, Herbert will get this. But if it's first and goal, you know, it is eight. 
um, they, they they can't seem to get the get the get the score. Uh, but give me give me the Dolphins. So if you're Sean Payton, you're looking at two teams in the same division. You're looking at the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos, right? And you just say, well, which one am I going to go to? Oh, it's not even a close call. You, you think Chargers, you yeah. want the Chargers? I agree. Oh, the Char- I think the you Chargers, want the Chargers. I think Denver's like, a mess. That and, feels like, I mean, Peyton working with Herbert, and and you already have a pretty good. They got a lot of talent on that Chargers team. Yeah, they're not as good you as know, they should be. They have a Bosa, right? Yes. Right? You know, either if you have a Bosa or a Watt, you have a pretty good defense. So you know, it's a. And I don't think Sean Payton. I don't think you can fire uh, Mike McCarthy this year. I don't think you can. Right, uh, he's got to make it to the NFC title game, or else you think, think he if, could. Okay. Yeah, I think if he doesn't make it to the NFC title game, then then because then Dallas has won all of one, but the well, second play at, at most their second play. Sean Payton coached there before. That's Sean Payton is going to have his pick of very attractive places. I think it's not it's going to too be much Houston. money to go to Dallas. I mean, not that Jerry Jones cares about money, right? No, he doesn't. You uh, nineteen times we're going to see Trey Turner and Bryce Harper. Ugh. It's it's so sad for me. It's a stabbing wound. Um, not only that, I identify just as painful. I identify with Schwarber because Schwarber was so exciting in the hour that we had him. Every every team it seems in the division has people we liked here and don't have anymore. And I'm convinced Soto's going to be a Matt. Really? Yeah, Uh, Dominican pole there. You know, there's a nice. Large Dominican community. He's not going to live on the West Coast. So you it's don't think he's coming back here? It's you don't think he'd want to be a Yankee next year? Well, maybe, but I just think it's pretty clear Cohen overpays. Right. Oh, he does. You know? Oh mean, my so God. Bor- I mean, the the new the new Scott Boris. You know, the Lerner family. You know, Boris always seems to pick a family that he just sort of almost uses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he used the Learners. Yeah. Right to jack up pitching contracts and all that stuff, and, you know, the learners were great. You know, and Phillies have been a good mark for him, but this Cohen guy. Yeah, he's ready to you go. Can just, you can just feel it, you know. he'll over. Look at how much money he's invested in Scherzer and Verlander, right? So that's the next two years. It's Soto $86 comes on the market next million year. Dollars yeah, two years. for two of have, them. Yeah. I think when Soto becomes a free agent, he's only going to have, like, one more, you know, especially if they haven't won the World Series yet. I think he loads up. When you go to the Braves, just to sort of even it out. I mean, you don't have any ex-nationals on the Braves. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be great. You want a gnat on every team. Right? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, thanks. That's a great political awesome. slogan. A chicken in every pot, a gnat on every team. A gnat on every team. All right. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk soon. Goodbye. Chuck Todd, boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be enough. But we give you a monkey. Listen, Nigel's Nigel's to the zoo. <laughs> Reggie swinging. From the bars. We give you a monkey. Let me <laughs> see who Reggie likes after Chuck Todd Ma and the cars. <laughs> In other words, <laughs> throw your poo <laughs> the Mike's pipe too. Yeah, he's throwing a quadruple TK salute. <laughs> oh, who taught him that? <laughs> Johnny. Oh, the Johnny Walker people sent me a bottle of Johnny Walker, and on it it says property of Tony Kornheiser. They chiseled it on. That's really cool. Oh, that's fantastic. That's the Diageo people. That's very nice. Thank you so much for that. Yes. And thank you, Kyle Kettleson, for that 
fantastic version. We don't yes, play that. That's great. We don't Throw play that a lot. That's poo. great. Yeah. He's an opera singer. Yes. He he's an actual opera singer. Yes. Singing he's... at the Met now. <clears throat> yeah, he's fantastic. Right. What does Nigel want? Uh, well, I went down to uh, the National Zoo to see Reginald. Mm-hmm. He was having his annual tree lighting ceremony. Uh-huh. All the people in the in crowd were there. Um, although Derby Gray was not there. Derby Gray yes. is the in crowd. Uh, but Alan Arkin was there. Alan Hen- Arkin. Henry Kissinger. <laughs> Kim Basinger was yes. there. Yeah. Steven Strasberg was also there, but he shook hands with somebody right away and immediately grabbed his arm, yeah, and a looked in the dugout, yeah, and then he, he just walked out of the He was walking around the mound, <clears throat> shaking his arm. Yeah, yeah it was very tough, yeah. yeah. Um, but they took a break from the ceremony to, uh, to go over some of these matches, and uh, the first one we gave him was Cincinnati, Cincinnati at home giving six to the Browns, and he showed me a video of him skydiving with Dan Dreesen, Ken Anderson, and Pedro Bourbon. So that tells he's going me... Cincy. Yeah, he's got ties to the Cincinnati area. He will take I would the Bengals I, I would and lay too. the six. I would too. Uh, I think Chuck he, agonizes he, about these numbers. Like, it's... Come on. You it's may agree with spends, him on this. It's what he cares most about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. <laughs> the next match we gave him, and I think you might be on the same side of him as, as this as well. Uh, Minnesota getting two and a half at Detroit. Uh, Retro, show me a picture of him ice fishing. Not in a shack, just on a frozen lake in shirt sleeves with Bud Grant, Anthony Carter, and Frank Viola. At some point, look, I can't stand Minnesota. I right. don't think they're no, just 10-2 team. I, I think they're going out in the first round of the playoffs. But at some point, you have to look at the fact that they win all they're these games. They're 10-2. They win all these close games. Yeah. And it's two and a half. Yeah. It's two and a half. Yeah. So the monkey. How are they getting any points at all? That's, against Detroit. You know, yeah. It's not good. As you said. Haven't been favored in five years, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so the last match we gave him was uh, Baltimore getting two and a half on the road at Pittsburgh. And he showed me a lovely photograph of him eating crab cakes with Boog Powell, John Lowenstein, and Kiko Garcia. Tells me he's got ties to the Baltimore area. Tonight, let it be Lowenstein. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was the famous slogan when it was tonight, let it be Lowenbrow. Yeah. You know, it's tonight, let it be Lowenstein. <laughs> yeah. that's, right. right, that's good. Yes. That's good. All right, we'll take a break. Um, Mark Feinstein, right? Yes, and he has breaking news about Aaron, Aaron Judge. Judge. Yes, good, he has signed. Okay, well, don't tell me. I won't. Don't tell me. Here we go. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this is the tony kornheiser show tony kornheiser show 
Once again, this is a group called Trace the Sun. Steve Hudson is a piano player with Trace the Sun. His friend is Max Blackman, who says, I hope to host you at Kinlock Country Club soon. He's, he's kidding, <laughs> right, Michael? Yeah, we don't. We don't I, I believe so. We, we don't really believe that. We don't believe that. This is called Love Just Comes Naturally. Uh, Michael, if people like Trace the Sun or their friends with explicit permission want to get their songs played on this high-quality podcast, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And I just want to reach out to one Steve Sands to make sure he's okay. Uh, he, he asked for a, a, a marinade yesterday, a recipe, and I sent it to him. Never heard back, so just hoping hoping the pork worked Whoa. out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Oh, got some bad pork. Yeah. So Sands was cooking last Sands night. Sands was cooking. He was doing my, uh, my rustic Italian mm. pork chop marinade. Okay, great. Mm. That's great. Uh, Mark Feinstein, our friend, joins us now, and, and I'm going to vamp for a little while at the beginning because I'm going to tell everybody's story about what happened at PTI yesterday. We had just about, we had concluded, in fact, taping the show. It was after 5.20. It was like 5.22 or 5.23. And the drop dead time to change the show is basically 5.28. If you're going to change it, you got to do it by 5.28 or they're rolling what you've taped already. So you've got to commit to going live on the front end of the show. And Matt Kelleher got in my ear and said that John Heyman just put out a tweet. And this is like 5.23. Um, John Heyman just put out a tweet that it looks like Aaron Judge is going to the Giants. And so, you know, he, we, he wrote a dummy lead for the beginning saying Aaron Judge. And I said... Well, I don't know that I want to go on that. I mean, I don't know that I want to go on a tweet that it looks like he's doing this. And and Matt said he felt the same way. And we got nothing. We got nothing concrete by 528. And so we kept the show that we had, and we did not talk about Aaron Judge. But all throughout the night, there are stories in every newspaper in America about Aaron Judge and the possibility that Aaron Judge would go to the San Francisco Giants. And with that backdrop, I ask Mark, Mark Feinsand, uh, is Aaron Judge a done deal? And if it is, where is he going? Aaron Judge is a done deal. <clears throat> Excuse me, Tony. It's early out here in yep. San Diego. Uh, and Aaron Judge agreed to a deal about, I don't know, 10 minutes ago with the New York Yankees. With the Yankees? Uh, yes. Nine years, $360 million. Mm. Wow. So that's Justin know, Verlander money, isn't it? Free him eyes, yeah. Except for seven more years. Yeah. Uh, you know, Aaron Judge basically uh bet on himself and maybe won as big as any player has ever won. Uh it was what, eight months ago, nine months ago when the Yankees made him an extension offer of seven years and two hundred and thirteen point five million dollars. And by turning that down and going out and hitting sixty two home runs and winning the American League Most Valuable Player Award, he got himself two extra years, and uh, by my terrible math skills, about what hundred and fifty million dollars, forty-five more? more million dollars. Oh, yeah. captain, my so captain. That's uh, that's a pretty good a pretty good haul, and I think he will uh, be named captain at some point before the season. And Aaron Judge has now put himself in position to become a. A lifelong Yankee, and that number ninety-nine will, you know, likely someday be hanging out there with all the rest of those numbers. In your opinion, how serious was he about going back to his ancestral home in Northern California, going to the Giants, or was it a smokescreen because he wanted the Yankees all along? Because he's in a position where wherever he signs, it's not just money; it's that's where I want 
to be. So what is your opinion on that? I don't think it was a smokescreen. Uh, and when you saw the, the comments he made that came out this week in Time Magazine, uh, where he was really unhappy that the Yankees came out with their offer uh, publicly in the spring, and I don't think he was particularly happy with, um, you know, sort of the way that he, he perceived it, that they did that as a way to try to, not as really a negotiating tactic, but set the fans against him a little bit for turning it down, try to get the media hounding him a little bit. Uh, he didn't like the way that all played out. And I think uh, the Giants were a very realistic option. There were some rumblings late last night that the Padres were potentially uh, thinking about getting involved because, you know, they get involved on everybody. They do. They do. Um, you know, Trey Turner, $342 million offer was supposedly made to him by the Padres. They have two shortstops, and they went, you know, <laughs> tried to give him more money that's than right, they had given right. to Tease. They have Tatis uh, so, and Machado who can play short. Yeah, get another uh, one. You know, I think, um, I think Judge was – I think he would have gone to San Francisco if, uh, if the Yankees had not stepped up uh, and, and come up with the ninth year and, and the you know, $40 million AAV he was looking for. Uh, but I think the Yankees understood what this guy means to them on the field what maybe just as importantly what this guy means to them off the field uh in the you know the ticket office and uh at the the jersey store and uh, with the yes network ratings i mean this guy is the yankees right now and if he had gone away i'm not sure they knew what plan b was because with the way the market is right now and who's out there i'm not sure there was a plan b that could actually make up for losing aaron judge that's interesting. I've said many times publicly I would not have gone after Aaron Judge if I was the Yankees. I would have let him go. I would have tried for Juan Soto down the road um, because I don't think you ever hit 62 again. I mean, I think you've just seen his high watermark, and God bless him. I mean, that was an unbelievable season, but particularly had he won the Triple Crown. But I, me personally, I would have let him go from a baseball sense. I'm asking you this from a baseball sense, not a marketing sense. From a baseball sense, how do you feel about that? I think that they needed to get him back. This was an offense that at times was completely anemic outside of him, and they were still finding ways to win. Do I think he's going to hit 62 home runs ever again? No. Uh, Do I think he can hit 40-something home runs for many of these nine years? Yes, and that's that's what they're paying for. I don't think think the Yankees – re-signed Aaron Judge with the idea of, all right, well, he's going to go out and hit 60 a couple more times. That's, you know, that's not realistic. Okay. But, you know, he's also not just – this isn't Mark McGuire. This isn't uh, Adam Dunn where you're getting 40 home runs and the guy's hitting 220. He's a really good hitter. He's a really good outfielder. He's a very good all-around player. And I know that there are going to be people who say, well, you better hope so because you're now going to be paying him $40 million a year when he's 37, 38, and 39. Right. Yeah. I'd like to remind you of this, though. Seven, eight, nine years from now, $40 million might not even be a top 10 salary. We remember when Giancarlo Stanton signed uh, his deal with the Marlins and then got traded to the Yankees a couple years later, and everybody said, I can't believe the Yankees are going to be paying Giancarlo Stanton $25 million a year when he's in his mid to late 30s. Well, $25 million a year now isn't even That's a right. top 10 salary. That's so right. what looks huge in 2022, by 2029, might not look as bad as it looks now in terms of like how that contract's going to play out. Um, but the Yankees needed their big hitter. There was not another one on the market right now for them to get. And this is not a team that says, all right, so we'll just take a step back for a couple of years. 
and uh, and we'll go after Juan Soto in two years. That's just not how they operate. All right. Uh, I, I, forgive me as I gather the pieces of my heart from the floor and ask you about Trey Turner. And why to the Phillies? Why are you killing us this way? Why to the Phillies? They're, they're getting the band back together again, just mm-hmm. a couple hundred miles north. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's funny. If you had asked me before the offseason began, give me one free agent going to a new team, and you have to bet your house on it. Uh, Trey Turner to the Phillies would have been the one that I would have chosen. Mm. Uh, it's been it's been you know rumored for a long time. Turner wanted to go back to the East Coast. Um, the Phillies, you know, Dave Dombrowski loves shiny toys, and after making the run to the World Series, uh, you know, they knew they needed a shortstop. Their second baseman was a free agent. They can move their the kids' thought over to second. And with all the shortstops that were out there, Turner just seemed like a good fit. He and Bryce Harper are tight. Uh, Kevin Long was was a guy who had a real big impact on Trey Turner. And and so the idea of going back to work with Kevin Long again was appealing to him. Um, And they gave him $300 million, which uh, is really what it really comes down to. So I think the NL East is is becoming a really just a bear of a division, uh, which is not great news for No, except for the last place team, (laughs) which is going to win 45 games, except for that. Okay. Um, The Dodgers. In two years now, the Dodgers have lost Corey Seager and Trey Turner, who are great shortstops. I assume they're in the market. They also lost Cody Bellinger. I mean, people are leaving the Dodgers, which Max is amazing to me. Max Scherzer, <laughs> well, yeah, well, Max Scherzer, I, I don't begrudge Max Scherzer no. or anything. But um, what do they do for a shortstop? Do they go get Carlos Correa? What do they do? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Carlos Correa, but I'd be surprised if it's not one of them, whether it's him or Xander Bogarts or um, Dansby Swanson. There's you know still three very good shortstops out there on the market. And I, you know the Dodgers seem like – they're in play for one of them. They were in play for Justin Verlander. They did not get him. Uh, they decided not to enter the bidding on the Aaron Judge sweepstakes. So there's a lot of money to spend, and now you have to assume there's going to be a shortstop in their future. The other thing to think, uh, the Dodgers seem to be really, really keen on the idea uh, of saving up some money, and you're going to need a lot of it to go after Shohei Otani a year from now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that's going to stop them from spending this year because they just had, I don't know, $100 million or so come off their books um, between Turner and Bellinger and uh, David Price's contract finally came off the books and there were some others, Justin Turner. Uh, so the Dodgers are still going to spend some money. It could be Carlos Rodon. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, it could be one of the shortstops. Uh, Correa would be the, the most fascinating one just because the Dodger fans hate him with right. passion uh, after the Astros scandal. So um, that's why I'm not sure it's Correa, but I, I'd be surprised if, if one of those shortstops doesn't wind up in L.A. because, um, you know, you've seen other teams get better in the National League and the Dodgers aren't just going to sit there and, uh, you know, stand pat when they have all these holes. I will remind you, they got rid of Bellinger. Bellinger didn't leave them. They non-tendered him. Uh, and he lands a $17.5 million deal with the Cubs. Uh, that's a big gamble on the Cubs' part, but you know the Cubs are, are getting aggressive and trying to get back to the playoffs as well. And if they can hope to you know, help Bellinger find his old self, then that'll, that'll certainly be a nice signing. The two best uh, PTI guests we've ever had in baseball are now pitching on the same team, <laughs> Scherzer and Verlander. Um, they are old. Verlander's 40. Scherzer, I think, is 38. They're great. But they're old. Um, what do you make of that? 
What, what do you make of that move by the Mets? Well, it certainly clarifies a window of opportunity for the Mets to uh, <laughs> yes. to win a World Series, yes. which looks like a two-year window, yeah. uh, although Max can opt out of his deal, I think, at the end of this year. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting. You've got two of the best arms in the game, despite their age, yes. uh, pitching on the same team again for the first time in, what, 10 years or so, uh, since they were both in Detroit together. Uh, the Mets let Degrom leave. They well, they made him a they made him a pretty good offer, three years at about 120 million dollars, right in that Aaron Judge, Justin Verlander, 40 million dollar a year slot. Um, and Degrom took a little less than that annually, but got five years and 185 million to leave. Uh, I'm not sure I blame the Mets for letting Degrom go, as great as he is. And don't get me wrong, when he's healthy, I believe he's the best pitcher in the game. Um, How often is but, he healthy? But but for the last couple of years, he just hasn't been healthy. He's thrown about 150 innings in the last three years. One of those years was the pandemic shortened season. So you throw that away. But you're looking at like 100 and change innings over the last two years, uh, and that's a, a, a big big risk when you're talking about 37 million dollars a year for five years. Uh, you know, Verlander got a little more than that for just two years, and coming off of Tommy John surgery, he just won the Cy Young Award. So I like the gamble. I think it's. Uh, I think it's just the beginning for them. I think the Mets are not done. Uh, I've heard that they are uh, potentially one of the teams leading the way for the Japanese pitcher Kodai Senga, who's uh, considered to be probably like a really strong number two starter, and he would be the number three in New York. So if they land him, all of a sudden you've got a pretty scary rotation behind those guys. And uh, and I just think the Mets the Mets aren't done. They're gonna they're yeah. gonna you know they have to replace Brandon Nimmo. Uh, they they've got some things to do, but they ought to go after. They have an owner who's willing to do it. They ought to go after Adam Wainwright because he's 41 years old. They'll just get <laughs> load up on all these old people. Let me go to DeGrom and get you out of here. Um, if you want to build a team, you build a team up the middle. You, you want a catcher. You want a shortstop. You want a center fielder. They got Corey Seager's a great player. He's a great player. I wondered, why, why would you go to Texas? It can't just be money. Why would you go to Texas? Why would DeGrom go to Texas? Texas stinks. Why would you go to Texas if you're not from there? Clayton Kershaw is from there. If you're not from there, why would you go? Five years and $185 million. That's why you'd go there. If you go there with your Corey Seager, it's a 10-year deal for right. 325 uh, The Rangers haven't been relevant for close to a decade. You know, they had those, those back-to-back World Series appearances in yeah. 2010 and 2011. Uh, and then, you know, they made the two big signings last year in an attempt to uh, get back to relevancy. They won 68 games last year because neither Seager nor Marcus Semien could pitch. Uh, so this year it was, okay, let's go out and spend some money on pitching. And, right. Uh, and you know, go big or go home, right? Isn't that what's in, yeah. in Texas? So uh, they're going big. And Chris Young, the old pitcher, is now their GM. John Daniels was ousted in, during the season. And, uh, you know, the Rangers are trying to get back. And uh, they've got Houston standing above them. They've got Seattle above them in their division. Uh, you know, Oakland's not a factor. The Angels, everybody always waits for them to be a factor with Trout and Otani, but they're never uh, a factor. You know, they never are. So Texas is looking to you know figure out how to get back to the uh, to the postseason. You've got an extra team in the postseason now, so uh, I applaud teams that go for it and and don't go for uh, these five or six year plans that you know then end up being ten year plans and and just never quite get there. Uh, once in a while, you see it. I mean, Houston did it. Chicago did it. Uh, Baltimore's in the process of finally turning the corner of their 83-win season last year. So, uh, you know, I like teams that don't 
aren't satisfied with just being doormats. And uh, so the Rangers made the big move last year, and now they realize they needed pitching. And they obviously told Jacob DeGrom, you're this important to us, and, and we want you here to be part of what we're hoping is going to be a turnaround. And he said, great, five years, $185 million. Sign me up. Let me go back to one thing on Aaron Judge, because there was – there was a furious storm yesterday about how Aaron Judge was going to the Giants. This, I guess, is a journalism question. How did that, you know, how did that happen? And are you surprised that, in fact, he didn't go to the Giants? Were you among those who thought, yeah, I get this, he's probably going? So I would say the entire offseason, I have just gone under the presumption that ultimately he would wind up back with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. It meant too much what I talked about before, on right. and off the field, business-wise, the Yankees let him go over $20 million, over nine years or eight years. Um, in the last 48 hours, I started to change my mind because I kind of felt like if they were going to get him back, it was going to happen, and why wasn't it happening? So I started to believe that the Giants had a better chance than I had sort of thought when that tweet went out and the report came out that he was appeared to be headed to the Giants – from a reputable source. John Heyman is, a, is yes. one of the best yes. national baseball writers. I mean, you know, there are several guys who, when they report something, I take it very seriously. Uh, and of course, you know, I'm standing in the lobby here at the Hyatt in San Diego, and I see the tweet, and I walk right outside to get better service so I can start making calls and texts from people and trying to get details. And as I'm furiously texting people, I follow up tweet four minutes later where he retracted it. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. You know the answer? It happens to all of us at some point, at some level, where you get a piece of information and it's bad. And uh, unfortunately for John, this was in a huge, you know, the biggest story of the offseason. Yeah. Um, but it happens to everybody. And uh, at least he was able to retract it quickly. And this wasn't something that was festering out there for an hour. And everybody was... Uh, you know, you weren't redoing the top of your show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't, you have to have it nailed. It's not I'm hearing, you know, you have to say this is this is what happened in order to change the show. But, you know, that's that's one of those circumstances because you hear Giants, Giants, Giants all the time and you, you add one and one and one and you get three. You say they're going to pay him money. It's where he grew up. His family is still there. You know, the Yankees he could say insulted him with that original offer. You know, I mean, you, you could make the case for that. There are other teams you can't make the case for, but you could have made the case for that. But it's interesting stuff. Thank you. Well, I need, I need to thank you, Tony, because if I had not agreed to wake up at 520 you wouldn't in the have morning this. out here, yeah. I'd be sleeping through this right now and probably have like 900 texts and calls. From my, <laughs> yeah. uh, my editor is asking me, What's going on? Are you hearing anything? Is this confirmed? And yeah. I would just be snoring away through it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, thank you and thank Nigel for uh, yeah. making the annual call of waking me up at the year yeah. of the winter meeting. <laughs> As we like to say, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Mark Feinstein, boys and girls, we'll take a break. Email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Ed Walker Jr., that's lovely. That's lovely. It doesn't immerse you in the water like Jeremy Vint, but no. it is lovely in its own way. Yes. Do you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Owl City. Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, Blue Jean Baby, L.A. Lady, seamstress for the band, pretty-eyed, pirate smile, you marry a music man. Ballerina, you must have seen her dancing in the sand. Now she's in me, always with me, tiny dancer in my hand. If you've ever seen the movie Almost Famous, this is the spine oh, scene oh, of so Almost good. Famous. So great. Where they all sing along with this. It's absolutely great. It's a, you know, I like, I personally like the Tom Hanks movie better, the rock and roll movie with the oh, Oneaters. Yeah, I like that do. better, but I'm not knocking Almost Famous. Almost Famous is a great movie about journalism, too. It's, I yes, mean, you know, yes, like about. Yes. A, oh, a you're the enemy. Kind of, just, just tell them it's a think piece. I mean, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Definitely have done that. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Mark Feinstein. Thanks to our sponsors, MeUndies, SeatGeek, Trade Coffee. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Big thank you to Rob Colpian of the shop.tonycornizershow.com. Some good offerings. We've had some issues with the ordering. Uh, thank you, Ashley. And even better email from Dennis Brzezinski. Uh, this, is your, this is your real DA moment. Wait, wait, wait. We've had some issues with just something. Is it like is it like the uh, Taylor Swift issues oh, where they're nothing going, like going that. crazy? <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing that involves legal uh, action. Okay, okay. It's not like an insurance situation. So what is the David Aldridge moment? No, just he got an email back from Rob. Oh, okay. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. Um, from Chris Block, we're four years away from being four years away. Sincerely, U.S. Men's Soccer. <laughs> you bet. You bet. From Jeffrey Lieber. My response will be familiar. The answer to all your questions, as Chris said before, is money. See, each week, the studio, essentially the bank in television, has to pay cold, hard cash for original songs. This is why they don't have songs anymore. As money became tighter and people greedier, they decided they'd cut the per-episode expense by going first to non-lyrical music interludes and then to these stupid title cards. I could go on a much longer screed as to why this is penny-wise and pound-foolish, but the mini-rant is songs build loyalty. And we're, we're once a Pavlovian draw to watch the show. Yes, cheers. Yes, no question. It's part of why you watched. Removing them was an idiotic decision by the bean counters who are bad at counting and frankly don't know beans. By the way, I would like to toss my hat into the ring to be the official one-hour showrunner for the Tony Kornheiser podcast. Greg Garcia probably has half hour covered. And if you'd ever like to talk about this sort of stuff on the air, my mother tells me I have a great radio voice. So that's lovely from Jeffrey Lieber. We'll save his email. From Chris McGregor in St. Louis, in regards to an email asking for help with a nickname for his child born on 9922, in the words of Brian Arakpo, come on, man, what are we even doing out mm. here, man? <laughs> it's always this true. This is not intended to throw shade. Well, yes, it is. But my birthday is 8-8-1988, and I take offense to only two matching numbers warranting a nickname. Anyway, I know how much you love odd, interesting number combinations. To make things more interesting, if, and this is a big if, if I make it till my 88th birthday... In 2076, it will be the same year as America celebrates its 300th birthday. If it's not already taken, could I be the official Tony Kornheiser liaison 
to the number eight. I don't think that's taken, is it, Michael? I don't, I don't think know. we took that we'll one. to check on that. Thanks check for the filling book. over half my life check. with your well-balanced, cynical, optimistic takes on everything from D.C. traffic to sports. And Chris McGregor again in St. Louis. From Rod, Rob Blackburn in Fairbanks, Alaska, formerly Rayford, North Carolina. I would like to know if a particular set of numbers regarding my son's birthday that frustrates me is legitimate or, as all of my family members, including said son, think is stupid and I need to let it go. You see, my son Jack was born on February 22nd. That's 222. On that wonderful day almost 17 years ago, when we were handed the paper documenting the particulars of his birth, my eyes settled on the time of his birth on 222, as recorded by the doctor, who shall remain nameless. You see, this quack recorded the time as 221. 221 on 222. What? That was an atomic clock hanging on the wall of the delivery room? Who in their right mind would do such a thing? My family, of course, thinks I'm insane and stupid because to this day I still bring it up. Please tell me I'm not wrong about this. Not at all. Not wrong at all. I tried to override the doctor uh, with Reed's birthday at time. Nope, not wrong at all. It's 222. Yeah, yeah, that's what it should be. Change it. From our friend Joe Bianchino in Latham, New York. I'm a bad writer and I've got a book literally that dozens of people read that is dying to be made into a movie. See how confusing that run-on sentence was? If I promise to dangle every participle and end every sentence with a preposition, do you think Greg Garcia will bring me on as his new partner? I've got this great idea for a kind of buddy cop show where Reginald and Bud Grant go from town to town showing people how to toughen up and throw some poo when necessary. We shot a pilot for that already. I would watch that. From Lauren Helvey, perhaps the most surprising thing I've heard in a while is that you're not claustrophobic. (laughs) Right, which I talked about on my MRI. Very expensive MRI. Yeah, yes. Um, for some reason, I just assumed. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I almost slept in the thing. I didn't I care was, about the noise. I was surprised by that revelation, no, too. I'm not. Yeah. And by the way, they give you headsets. This, this is, they gave me a headset, and they said, what kind of music do you want? I said, I don't know, like 60s rock and roll. And they said, we'll give you that. And for reasons unknown to me, it was thoroughly dominated by Elvis Presley. And I just had had enough. I really had had enough of Elvis Presley by the end of it. And by the way, if anybody thinks that drowns out for one nanosecond, the noise in an MRI, they're insane. The pinging. The MRI is much louder than that. I would think they should use the Jeremy Vent music. That would be lovely. It would be great. Yeah. Uh, From Lance Gannon, Salisbury, Maryland. I was thinking you over the weekend while watching one of several Hallmark Christmas movies. There's a fun <laughs> parallel to your life in the new Ned Ryerson Hallmark Christmas movie, <laughs> a.k.a. Hallin' in the Holly. When the star of the film, Lacey Chabert, arrived at the neighborhood cookie contest, she realized that she used salt in the recipe instead of sugar. Sound familiar? Not her fault. Her mom never labels the canisters. Luckily, she stopped Stephen K- Toblowski's character from eating one, and then he later earns the third place contest and offers to let her display his nine adult-sized tech taxidermy reindeer if she would like to don't tell me you don't remember me because i sure as heck fire remember you (laughs) ned how great is that ned ned ryerson from leslie thomas in hillsborough north carolina thanksgiving brings such wonderful memories the year the dog grabbed the bird and ran the year my mom forgot to turn the oven on the year she forgot to take the stuff out of the turkey prior to cooking it and the year everyone got food poisoning from the oysters (laughs) and the stuffing needless to say most of us are now vegetarians (laughs) love the show Bill Baker in Hinesburg, Vermont. Let me get this straight. The orange man cannot understand how an electric toothbrush works, but an e-bike does not baffle him. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. And one more from Robert Harper. I need some marital advice. Despite being married for 13 years, I can't seem to shake this issue. Me, 
Honey, what would you like to eat? Wife, anything. Me, Royal Castle. Wife, no. Me, KFC. Wife, no. Me, Chinese. Wife, no. Me, pizza. No. Gosh, Robert, choose something, please. Okay, Italian. No, we had this earlier this week. Please help. Can't help you. Can't help you. Can't help you. Go through this all the time. What do you want for dinner? It just and try the hanger steak. Yeah, hanger steak was great. What's yeah. the name of that restaurant? Uh, et voila. How about the fries? Ooh, the that... fries. It would have been so great to have fries with them, yeah, except I found out 24 hours later that they were still in the white uh, canister that they came in. They were never handed to me. Oh, the green peppercorn sauce. Fantastic. It's a great restaurant. I didn't get that. Yeah. Well, you yeah. didn't have the experience. Yeah. Order yeah. on the side. All right, we'll take a break. No, we won't take a break. We're done, kids. If you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. Ladies and gentlemen, the evening is over. We hope you all enjoyed yourselves, and we'll see you all again in 1974. Good evening! Remember when you stole my heart And then I stole yours Just a simple love affair City boy, city girl Don't you remember The days on Chestnut Street Na 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 When we were free Remember when you stole my heart And then I stole yours Just a simple love affair City boy, city girl Don't you remember The days on Chestnut Street Na 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 When we were free Hey love, what are you about? Do you think that you wanna get out? Do you miss how it felt? So 
Makes you wanna get out Do you miss how it felt to be free? That little kid who used to sing outside In the car at a blinking red light With your mama and your sister Remember that scene Let's go
Such a simple thing I get 